And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Three ah! are United States Astro Robots. They come a creature of death. Oh. And they. We have come here to this planet for. One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Hello everyone and welcome to Bots, Bugs and Babes. The B-Movie Podcast, from class to the cults, on the cheese in between. The movies are B, but entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I am joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning, Jay. Today we've got uh, one of Harryhausen's uh, classics, a remake of the 1940 version, One Million Years B.C. And we'll get to it right after this. years B.C. erupts on the screen with volcanic excitement. One million years B.C. when the earth parted and the mountains fell. Primitive man and monstrous beasts fought each other to inherit the earth. Since time began, has the primitive scene been captured for the screen with such imaginative realism? Ah! Behold man one million years B.C. <laughs> Introducing the fabulous Raquel Welch, the sensational star discovery of this or any other year in one million years B.C. See her as Loana the Fair One who deserted her tribe and risked her life to follow Tumac of the Rock People. John Richardson as Tumac, as big and strong as the beasts he fought for survival. <laughs> Nupondi the Wild One, whom no man could resist. See the fascinating, strange, and fearful creatures who roamed and ruled the Earth a million years B.C. The Brontosaurus, a moving mountain of flesh and bone. The Pterodactyl, 
a flying reptile with giant teeth. The flesh-eating Allosaurus. The Triceratops, a horned dinosaur in battle with the savage Ceratosaurus. You will share the unending thrills and excitement of a world of primitive wonders, of primeval terror and savagery. You will indeed live in another world, in another time, as the centuries fall back to reveal the Earth one million years B.C. Introducing the fabulous Raquel Welch as Loana the Fair One. John Richardson as Tumac. One Million Years B.C. was released December 30th, 1966, with a 100-minute uh, running time in the United Kingdom and a 91-minute running time in the U.S. Um, it actually probably, technically, it was released... October 25th in London at the trade shows and stuff, and then officially the 20th. But they that was they tried oh. to get it in, um, and it had a a, a, um, a budget of about uh, 400 and uh, 423 thousand pounds. Oh, I mean, at the time, the pound was dollars and fifty cents, dot mm -hmm. US dollars. So I mean, even if you figure about a million bucks, right? Yeah. Kind of like, and then so they, the US uh, box office was eight million. Um, your director here is Don Chaffee. Now, Don Chaffee, of course, um, uh, he passed away in 1990. He was known for Jason the Argonauts and One Million Years BC, obviously, The Viking Queen, Peach Dragon. He also did uh, like The Prisoner and The Avengers and uh, Danger Man for TV and stuff like that. Um, your your uh, producer and writer is Michael uh, Kaharis. Uh, and Michael Carreras is Michael Carrera, excuse me, is, of course, the Hammer Guy. And this is a Hammer co-product. This is a Hammer production. Um, and so that's why he's on as the producer and the writer. Uh, your stars here are Raquel Welch and John Richardson, Percy Hiver, Robert Brown, and Martin Beswick, uh, with your music by Mario Nasiembe. Uh, um, and then your, again, your production company is Hammer Films Production and then Seven Arts, of course. Um, uh, Warner, uh, Pathé Distributions over in, in the UK, and of course, 20th Century Fox here in the U.S., and as we said, this is a Ray Harryhausen movie. Um, he did the stop motion uh, special effects in this movie, although he's not credited as the special effects artist on the movie. Right. Um, that's the guy who did the other stuff. Yeah, uh, which, but, we, which we'll talk about. Right. But I'm saying, but he's credited here. But this is again known as a Harryhausen film. Yeah. Um, and this was the one of this was the first one in quite a while that was not uh, produced in, by Charles Schneer. Um, it's obviously, it's it's a, a Hammer production. And it looked like uh, Harryhausen was 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 uh, just you know paid to do his um, his stop motion, but it, again the Charles Schneer movies, uh, those are the ones that uh, seem to have more uh, not not to say stop motion, but they're just more in, invigorating. Right. Well, also too, it, Harryhausen was not uh, consulted on the story right. at all. This story was just it was just, the story was what it was. He was not consulted. Harryhausen's always been considered, um, you know, they thought he was like. Not a writer, but he was like just as important as the director. He was always yeah. consulted on stuff. I mean, this thing follows the 1940 movie, you know, storyline pretty much. Yeah. So uh, the opening narration, there's not a whole lot of other uh, words in here that are uh, actually um, things you would know. So here's the opening narration. 
This is a story of long, long ago, when the world was just beginning. A young world. A world early in the morning of time. A hard, unfriendly world. Creatures who sit and wait. Creatures who must kill to live. And man, superior to the creatures, only in his cunning. There are not many men yet. Just a few tribes scattered across the wilderness. Never venturing far. Unaware that other tribes even exist. Too, too busy with their own lives to be curious. Too frightened of the unknown to wander. Their laws are simple. The strong take everything. So the opening of this movie, of course, shows the desert where we have a buzzard sit, uh, sitting on a tree next to a python. Right. So at that point right there, you should now know that none of this is going to be uh, zoologically speaking correct. correct. Because pythons do not live in the desert. They live in the jungle. I mean, you can have buzzards in the desert, obviously, that you know, kind of thing. But um, So just once you know that, just understand that there's going to be things happening that are, and you're saying, but Jay, this is about dinosaurs and stuff. Right. But there are things that are going to occur now, zoologically speaking, that should not be where they are. All right. So your tribal chief, uh, Akuba, uh, leads a hunting party into the hills to search for prey. Now, these are the rock people. These are the dark haired uh, people. And we'll learn about the shell people, the lighter haired people in a little bit. Um, one member of the tribe traps a giant warthog, which is a real warthog that they yeah. some guy got chased after by. Um, in a pit, and then Akuba's son, Tumac, um, is given the chance to kill it after they took it away from his brother. Right, the um, old, the older brother, who right. then who then has envy and, and anger yes. towards Tumac. Uh, so the tribe brings it home for dinner, and that's where we uh, get the uh, dinner scene where they're cooking it over the fire, and um, it's you kind of can see that their society, I mean, their quote-unquote society is very, uh, you know, unevolved. Um, right. You know, uh, once the meat's cooked, once the, the old woman's determined that the meat's cooked I mean, enough by poking it, you know, kind of thing, and then the, tasting it. She's 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 an old woman. She's basting it and tasting it, and all. Then they show they show you shots of the of the different tribesmen, and it's they're like they're salivating. Yeah, and they're and they're ready to ready to right, leave because they're basically acting like dogs. Yeah. And so then when she says she she gives the nod to Akuba, yeah, he comes down and rips off probably. The, the whole hind section of this right. this warthog, and then everybody else goes in for the kill. Right. So um, during, while they're eating, Tumac and Akuba uh, fight over who deserves more meat, and Tumac is banished to the desert when he throws him off the side of the cliff. Right. Um, so after surviving the dangers, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Matt, uh, Tumac then encounters a giant iguana, and this is what we wanted to talk about. Now, this is not Ray Harryhausen doing a stop-motion iguana. This is a real iguana. Um, and this is a direct callback to the 1940 version. This is exactly why this is here. Um, the iguana is on the screen for a good chunk of time. Hmm. The the amount of stop motion this would have taken would have uh, been months of production and you know more money than way more money than we would have had. So that's one of the reasons why that's used, and it works well um, yeah. in the in on on the Blu-ray because you really can't see. I mean. It, you can tell it's a real iguana, and you can kind of tell, like, and you, can, you can't, but the mats are really good. I was impressed with how well the Blu-ray cleans it up. Um, the, you know, the, the Kino LeBaire uh, Blu-ray that came out is probably the bestest movie we'll ever look, ever. Yeah, this this, this uh, sequence was was well done. To another sequence that uh, is was not, not as well, as well done. done. Yeah. Um, so after that is when he encounters, um, which is, I, I interpret to be the missing link. It's the ape man in the cave. Yeah. Um, which is again, a, it's 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 not a guy in a suit, meaning like suit nation. It's someone in makeups, and he's made up from his toes to his nose. Yeah, and, I mean, and you don't see much of him here. This is right. where you kind of establish that there's this tree with fruit, there's water, but like 
Um, then there's also all the bones, all the people and animals that these things have eaten. So, um, and then after that, we see a brontosaurus. Now, the brontosaurus scene is stop motion. It's done kind of in the background. Um, it's never threatening to Tumac, the brontosaurus, but the brontosaurus looks good of carrying out some special effects. Um, but it's very short, and the legs are hidden. Yeah, and again, it's a scene. It's a scene, you know, that Harryhausen, you know, he was asked to do it. But again, a brontosaurus is a is a, a herbivore, and he's not going to be wandering around in the desert. Right. I mean, he's, there are no trees for him to munch on. Right. I mean, so again, again but again, you, you're, what you're looking at is a dinosaur. Yeah. And the twelve year old wants to see a dinosaur. Yeah. And the thing is, and we and and we've talked about this with Harryhausen before. His creatures, he imbues them with you know their own life, and you know gives them unique qualities. He it, really, the reality is, um, Harryhausen doesn't do a lot. Didn't do a lot of dinosaurs. Um, you know, Animal World uh, was really the place that, where he was supposed to be doing all the dinosaur work. Fifty five. Yeah, with Willis O'Brien. Right. And but you know the thing is, uh, if you think about it. Um, you know, Willis O'Brien was known for doing the dinosaurs in King Kong and like that, and, and the dinosaurs in um, um, the Lost Continent, right? No, not the Lost Continent. No. The Lost World. The Lost it, World. Yeah. The original Lost World. Um, Lost Continent, when he brought him on there, they had lizards, yeah, but lizards. that was different, right? But so he was known as a guy who could do dinosaurs, and Harryhausen never really had a chance to do dinosaurs because he had done the Amir and he had done, you know, uh, you know, the Cyclops and things like that. Yeah, I mean, his only, the closest thing to a dinosaur that he did was the Beast. Wait, and, and that's not even a real dinosaur. No, it's just it's more of a dragon, which dragon. is what he also did in San Juan de Sinbad. Yeah. So it was his chance to do dinosaurs. And I think that might be, although I, you know, officially, you know, is it why the reason why he took this role, you know, kind of thing? Did well, he get a chance to do some dinosaur work? But I, I must, we must say this, is that if this was, if, if he did it for personal reasons to expand his career, uh, we'll get to yeah. well, probably some of the best work he's ever done. Right. And I think that was, but I think that's part of what it was, to do the dinosaur work officially on the screen um, and actual do as, as currently as the time, correct Correct, anatomical dinosaurs, which we know is not always true now, but whatever. Um, And then uh, this is when Tumac then uh, encounters the giant spider, which is the scene you're talking about being a lot weaker. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a tarantula and it's almost like, it's almost see-through and Blu-ray. I mean, the one thing about the Blu-ray is that when, when when you get a Blu-ray, it's pristine. If you've got color, it's the color. But when you have a scene that is not done, you know, up to the standards that you were hoping for, the Blu-ray points it out. Well, the reason I think the reason why we can see through the spider much more than we could ever see through the iguana, the iguana itself is a much larger shot. Yeah. It's shot at different uh, different depth, so the film stock yeah. they're using is just not as blown up as much. Yeah, to make the to make the, the tarantula as big as the screen, right? Uh, and, the, and the cricket it's eating or whatever oh, yeah. it's eating, right? You know, kind of thing. But that's he's the munching on it pretty good. You know, if you slow the if you slow the movie down and you watch it, he's really munching yeah. away. But but you also can see the glass it's up against. Oh, so you can yes. see those yep. things, which a lot of what people complain about those movies from the fifties, the big bug movies, you know, like uh, Beginning of the End and, and stuff like that, is that you can see that they're up against glass. Like, well, yes, but that's part of the how you did those effects back <laughs> in the day. And the Blu-ray doesn't help with that because it shows you the it shows you the the what they're trying to hide. Now I'm sure when when we were watching as a kid, I understood that like there's not a giant tarantula there, and you can kind of see how it moved because you can see where its leg stops in the air. Tarantula they would put their feet down, but be that as it may, uh, and this is when uh, um, you know he's now collapses on the beach of what what they're reporting to be the Western Interior Sea Sea uh, Seaway, um, and this is where he's actually spotted by Luana the Fair One, which is of course uh, Raquel Welch. 
Um, and Raquel Welch, again, this movie, while people will remember the, the dinosaur special effects by Ray Harryhausen, this movie is not famous for the dinosaur special effects. It's famous for Raquel Welch wearing a fur bikini. Right. And to be very honest with you, the other women with her, if that's what cave women looked like, right. I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean this as an insult to anyone. We've gone the wrong oh. direction. Uh, they are all physically fit, uh, beautiful uh, models. Right now, right. you're saying to me, but that can't be every one of them. Well, no, there are some in the dark-haired tribe who are beautiful and them too. And then there's some who are like, that's probably what they really look like. Right. Um, and again, I understand that, but like, but you see all these these it's all these blonde models in fur bikinis uh, spearfishing on the beach. You're like, I I don't know if we went the right direction. I think it was better then. So um, I mean, but dinosaurs and bikinis sell the movie. Oh yes, they definitely do. So. Uh, that's when they um, so uh, she, Luana goes to help him, and that's when the the uh, the Archelon, which is the giant. Now Archelons were not that big; they're just giant, they're big sea turtles, but they were not the size of like a like a tank. It, it's 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 like the size of like a B fifty two bomber. It's huge, right? right? Humongous, right? But it's Harryhausen's effects, and it looks so realistic that some people at the time felt it might have been a real turtle. But once you see it up close, you can tell it's a stop motion turtle because no turtle would be able to act in a moat the way this turtle is. And it's not moving fast. I don't, it has no reason to be that far out of the water, um, but it's really cool looking because you've never seen now it moving. Now, it, does, it doesn't It does walk like it, it's just no, kind it's of got, pulling itself along on right, the beach. It's got the, 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 flippers. the flippers. Yeah, So it's but it's a different articulation of stop motion there. It's Harryhausen right. showing off his articulation mm -hmm. there. Now, of course, when you get closer to the water, the bottom disappears because of the hill and it goes back into the water, which is fine. But what it allowed Harryhausen to do was show off another technique, another way to do scales, another way to do something else. Um, so as the the, uh, the 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 women are um, now trying to fend off this, they they blow the the, whole, the, the seashell, and the men come to uh, do. To be honest, they did nothing. Nothing. They did nothing. They threw a few rocks at this thing and they acted like they drove it off, but they didn't really do much of anything. I mean, this is this is more of a, an Amazon type community, right? Yeah, they <laughs> they literally it's just watching like, oh go, oh look, we got them to go away. You know, they didn't really do much. Um, so uh, and this is there. They use these are the, these are the light haired, uh, you know, members. These this is a tribe with the light hair, usually referred to as the shell tribe. Yeah. Um. Well, one the other thing that, that you have to remember is that any close up of any any person. Whether you know, especially the men, they're all blue-eyed. Whether they're from the rock tribe or whether they're from the shell tribe, there's this blue eyes all over the place because that was what when you went as, as an actor and you, you did yeah. your thing. If you had blue eyes and looked good, well, yeah. you but the reality is, uh, any any early man would have brown eyes. Brown, brown yeah. is the most dominant, and that right. brown eyes and black hair are the two dominant traits. If you remember your Punnett squares from you know biology right. back in the day. Um, but that's, you know, but it's what it is. But again, we're not selling no, no, you. No, 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 no. Uh, no one is selling you on this is a realistic portrayal Nobody's of looking, dinosaurs. I tell you the truth, no, no, no 12-year-old is looking above the... Above uh, the uh, yes, exactly. No one's looking anyone in the eye. Anyway, so um, they bring Tumac back to the village where Luana tends to him. Um, and in these scenes, we start seeing that the Shell tribe is a much more advanced society. They have... Right. Uh, the children are being taught through cave painting. They are making weapons. We're using rocks uh, for arrowheads or spearheads. Um, they're planting uh, crops. 
They are tanning hides. They are making clothes. They're sewing. They're making jewelry. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, difference between Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon. Right. And and it was really striking. And then, of course, Tumac doesn't understand any of this because he's from a tribe where literally everything is like smash your head with a rock and eat it. Right. Uh, so um, as, you know, Tumac starts to become more, uh, as, he, as he's able to get up and kind of be, start becoming part of what's happening, he goes out, and that's when the kids are all trying to knock the uh, the fruit out of the tree. tree. So he, of course, climbs the tree and shakes all the fruit loose and then puts the, the girl up in there so she can knock the fruit down. Um, they show him about, like, fish in the water, which he had never seen before, let alone probably been in the water before. Um, and he, like, you know, they as he goes to try to spear fish, he falls, and they kind of laugh at him. And, of course, what happens then is the Allosaurus comes in and is now terrorizing them. And, of course... This is now, you know, an Allosaurus coming into your encampment where you're, you're kind of trapped. I mean, the Allosaurus will just start killing people. This Allosaurus is some of the best work Harryhausen ever did ever in did. any movie mm -hmm. ever. Ever. It is just outstanding. Now, some people will say, but Jay, he makes the tail wag. Their body can't do that. At the time, the that's time, what right? was believed. It's also 100% an homage to uh, Willis O'Brien because Willis O'Brien had the tail wag for the T-Rex yeah. because that in 1933 was what they thought was true well even in the museum yeah the, the, in in the one in the natural history museum in new york city uh, the tail is on the ground yeah and it was until, in, until until the, the mid 80s mid 80s and when they, they yeah, took it all 90s. down and, yeah. then, and redid it i mean i remember that i remember being there and seeing a shot of it on the tails dragging behind and it's like we didn't know that that wasn't true until later on when like you know the arch the uh, paleontologists started looking more into it um so now we have uh everyone's retreating and of course now tumac He's retreating with them, but the girl is stuck in the tree. And this, I think, is the turning point in the movie uh, for Tumac. I think this is where he starts becoming uh, much more, uh, I don't want to say civilized, but much more humanized. like you know, he's humanized mm -hmm. into his character. He goes back to save the girl. And it's like, but he would never have thought to save her before. Like, that's not something, but he's he doesn't want her to get killed by the Allosaurus, as the Allosaurus has already killed at least one or two people already. Uh, as he goes back, he takes the spear with him, and he's now trying to fight off the Allosaurus. The the men of the tribe are staring there, scared, till Luana goes out, and that I think is a powerful scene too. And as much as this movie is sold on Raquel Welch's uh, uh, sex appeal, it's she is a powerful woman in the whole movie. She is as strong as any man by way of like her leadership and stuff. She's actually more of a leader than anyone in the Shell tribe. She's like, I mean, it's kind of funny that if you think about it, because like, the, the rock tribe is all the men trying to like take power away. She literally is the one who goes and does the thing. Right. Well, you have to think about it. When you think about this, what did they what did they eat? Is the only thing they ever killed was fish? Yeah. Because they certainly didn't kill any animal. Right. They're they did, they didn't know how to or, do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying they're spear fishing and they're, they're eating vegetables and stuff. Right. They're not they're not going to go take down a wild boar and rip it apart like. You kind of can just tell that's not the way I they mean, are. They're not warlike. I mean, they would, they would, you know, hunker down in, in their cave. Yeah, and, and let the Allosaurus the, kill who has to kill and leave. Let it leave. So, um, but, but you want to get back to the, the, the stop motion. Yeah, of, so so the, so the stop motion is great here. And now you have Tumac with his spear and then Ahut, who is the leader of the, the, the men there. Mm -hmm. They come out and they start helping him as Luana rescues the girl. And the stop motion is really good. And again, remember, they're acting towards a, like a ball on a stick, basically. Harryhausen's like, look here, look here. Right. And it's well done. And Harryhausen does an excellent job of fitting the T, the excuse me, the Allosaurus into the spots where it needs to be. The Allosaurus looks real. It moves well oh. around the scene. 
Um, the spe- they're stabbing with the spears. The part where the spear goes in its mouth and it bites it. So that's a physical spear being used on film to being digitally blacked out to being a, a, a effect spear put in. Very well done. Now during the fight, of course, um, the, the they, they can't puncture the Allosaurus's skin with their little rock uh, um, uh, spear. Yes. Excuse me. Uh, so they knock over the hut, and that's when Tumac grabs one of the poles of the hut. And literally a scene that um, you know has been shown many, many times in different aspects. Uh, Tumac grabs the pole, and as the Allosaurus charges at him, he jams the, the, the spear into the pole into the Allosaurus's stomach, and then it props oh, it up sure. on the ground. So now you have an Allosaurus on the end of a spear. Now, this, the log itself is real on set, so that must have been propped up on set. Behind the log is probably the brace leading into the abdomen of the Allosaurus. And the Allosaurus's abdomen probably has a piece Harry Allen attached to be the end of the spear. Mm. But that right there is minimum at least one brace to the ground, probably a, fly, uh, a flying brace behind it. Now, now not only is Harry Housen animating the mouth, he's animating the tail, the legs, and the hands, and, and, and the whole body thrashing. That's a lot of work. Each one of those frames probably took him hours of time to take one picture and one picture. To get one second of film, it took him 24 frames to do it, but that took him probably several hours of time to right. make sure it looks realistic. And the thing about the, this this attack, the Allosaurus attack, is that it's not over quickly. No, it's long. It's a long, it's a couple of minutes. This is, the, if, if you want to know where the money in this movie went, it's yeah, this it. one and then the the, the fight between uh, these the, uh, Krakosaurus yeah, later, on, later yeah. on, right? It's it's really there. That's where the money for the effects went in this movie. If if he, if he they paid him. Oh, they definitely paid him. I mean, yeah, but I mean. They but, definitely had to pay But again, they had to pay well, see, uh, Raquel Welch was was really a newbie at this time. Yeah. But Richardson was was a uh, a well known, uh, you know, he was a young, but he was still a well known British actor. So they might have had to pay him uh, a decent amount. But the but the there's a ton of people in the movie that all get credit that got to get some kind of money. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I mean the sets the sets were, were next to nothing. Right. They did they shot out like on desert and location and stuff. It would be nice to know what what Harry Hudson actually accepted uh, as pay for this. Yeah. So um, this is when now Tumac has now finally killed the Allosaurus and he's now uh, a hero. Um, and then they go. Then they, the next thing they show is the funeral for the, being held for the men who died, which Tumac doesn't understand. Mm. He's like, who cares? Like, so that's when he goes back into the cave. And takes the spear from a hoot uh, where he had it, and, and he's going to take it because he's, he's now of, he, he did the killing. He killed him. I earned this. Well, the hoot comes in, and he's not really happy with Tumac taking his spear. So they have a fight, and at this point, you can kind of see um, that obviously a hoot is not used to fighting, um, but he's you know willing to fight for what's his, and uh, Tumac is willing to kill him. Right. Um, you know, kind of real close. Right. And so what happens, of course, then the, everyone else rushes in. The elders stop him, and they turn Tumac out. Um, and he's like, all right, great. I've already done this before. I can do it. Good luck next time an Allosaurus comes because I won't be here for you, right? And, of course, at that point, Luana uh, is pleading to have Tumac be able to stay, and they, 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 they shun him. So she then leaves, which is, again, another powerful part of this um, because the – what do you call it? Because she's, again, showing – uh, you know, uh, the kind of defiance yeah. against the tribe. She's doing what she feels is right, and she wants to be with Tumac. So a hoot then gives Tumac the spear as a saying, like it's like a peace offering, right. because you're now going forth into the world. And then they walk off. And and he and to be honest, 
Tumac storms off and poor, you know, Raquel Welch is like playing catch up literally the entire time to the death. You, you got to realize she's wearing these fur boots. There's probably not a whole lot of support in there and they're running in sand. Like she's probably slip slide and they can't have her get hurt because if she gets hurt, the movie's done. So, um, this is when, so they, uh, so now they turn out. So they now, um, while they're, they're now leaving, we now see a Cuba leading a hunting party back with the rock people where for some reason, unknown to anyone in the world, they have a goat trapped at the top of a mountain. He decides to scale the side of the mountain Inside instead of mountain. going up the mountain and killing said goat. Right. It's like he's trying to climb K2 yeah. when, it, when, there's a, when there's a walkway on the other right. side. Right, literally. So uh, Sakana, uh, uh, who is uh, Tumac's brother, the is older leading brother. the older brother, who's leading them up there. They get to the top, and there's there's a Kuba who's now climbed the side but is going to fall. And, of course, he kicks him and knocks him off the side so that he is now leader of the tribe. Um, so... Um, Akuba, we later uh, find out, is now, uh, uh, he comes after they get back to the cave, and now that uh, Sakana is now the leader, uh, Akuba it comes back, and now he's, but he's, he's, he's blind in one eye, and he's crippled, and he's allowed to stay, but he is no longer the leader of this tribe. Um, so as, as um, Tumac and Luana are coming across the desert, right, that's when they, they encounter the same, he knows where there's water and there's food. And they go in, and this is the scene where we get the the the, the um, missing links, yeah. many more of them. And this is where you can see their makeups, and they're really well done. Um, you know, the uh, they, their position is given away when they splash in the water, so they climb up the tree uh, to escape from them. And then as they climb up the tree, they climb up the top, and that's when they uh, get into the altercation with the um, uh, Serachiosaurus, which is a. It's actually it's actually not as big as it's supposed to be. And the movie makes it bigger. But it's basically it's a it's like like kind of like a T Rex or looks like a T Rex with the with the horn. horn on its nose, and of course that is fighting the uh, Triceratops. That is a very Harryhausen thing to do: two legs versus four legs. Uh, we would see that over and over again um, in different movies and different things. The idea, like the, the saber toothed tiger and uh, the Minotaur, and like you know things like that. He loved those those different things: the different the dragon and the Cyclops to do something with four legs versus something with two legs, or something that's humanoid versus something that's clearly not human or whatever. So they're trapped in the crevice there. And that's shown, it's really kind of smart how they show it because instead of showing you the entire fight full on, they do show you parts of it. They show some of it from the cave. So Harryhausen was able to just animate those parts in front of the cave without doing every single bit of each of the dinosaurs the entire time. Right. And this is also a homage to the 1940 movie. Exactly. It's almost the exact same uh, scene. Yes. Only, but back then it was, uh, it was too late. Yeah, just one of the things that, that always amazed me was how the hell did you get the two get lizards to really fight each other? Uh, oh, I mean, well, I think we know how they did it. Then they starved them and then they put oh, them on set. Oh, yeah. And because there weren't laws like there are now, yeah. like no one would allow you to do that, you know, kind of thing. It's like it's like it's like the mystery of Terry Funk's right hand. He really punches you in the face. That's how it looks good. So, um, you know, so so during able to escape, but Tumac is trapped there, and until he's able, to, and once he's able to get away. Luana now is now uh, she's wandered off. She well, she's gotten out of there and she's trying to get away. But what happens is now she runs into uh, the um, the what do you call it? she Sakana. actually the and yeah. and the tribe. So that's when Tumac it comes upon them and he now uh, defeats Sakana and takes over leadership of the Rock Tribe. So they go back to the cave and now with Tumac as the leader with Luana in in, in tow, um, and that's when we get the the scene where Tumac's former lover who is, uh, is Martin Beswick. Martin Beswick, who is known as 
uh, Nupandi the Wild One, right? I don't know where these names came from because they never call her Nupandi the Wild, but uh, she's she's there and she has the tusk of the of the boar and she brings it over and Luana wants to see what it is and that leads to the the cat fight, cat fight. which is very again another famous part of this movie. But Martine Beswick is a beautiful woman, but she's definitely got black hair and like you know she has different she she doesn't look exactly like Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch stands out because as we you know as they we know from King Kong blondes are pretty scarce around here right right? so but the thing is it's not like you have some ugly cave woman fighting with Raquel Welch you have two beautiful models fighting in fur bikinis and I guarantee you the entire direction was okay don't get hurt because if you fall on something and someone starts bleeding for real we got to shut production down we can't have either one of you not there because I mean, I mean, Martine Beswick is probably the second, and you know, she's the second lead, uh, second uh, build woman, woman in the whole movie. Right. Uh, you know, she was an actress and did a lot of things for Hammer and stuff. Um, but in this scene, you have the battle going on, and of course, now at the end, when uh, finally uh, Luana is able to get her down, they want her to kill her, mm. and that's when Tumac steps in and takes the rock away. And now is where it becomes. Now she's bested her, so now they're willing to accept that she's not just. Uh, someone who's come along, but now she is shown her dominance as well. But I think that's interesting too, in that that's not the way the the shell people are. They're not like trying to be violent, whatever. But the one of violence does it and shows that she is actually just as good a fighter right. and whatever else. And I mean, th- I mean the, the movie's it's supposed to be two match story of you know she's journey and the leader, but really the story is Luana's story uh, because it's her journey too. It's her leadership. It's her being able to do things that normally in movies about cavemen, the women don't do that stuff. They get bonked in the head and dragged around behind, right, kind of thing. So she's actually a very strong lead in the film. Um, so now that now that, uh, now that Tumac is kind of shown that he's dominant here and now Luan is dominant, they start teaching them how to make weapons. They start teaching them how to plant fields and how to start doing all the things that the shell people do to kind of make their lives better. Um, and that's when we get the scene where they're down by the water for the first bath they've ever taken in their entire mm-hmm. lives, um, which, of course, is kind of funny because they're kind of afraid of the water at first. Yeah. And then they get in and the Tumac goes in and it shows that it's nothing to be afraid of. And they all start getting in the water and they're laughing and having a good time. Um, the, the issue then, of course, becomes because like anything else in this movie, oh, look, they're having a good time. So now the, uh, the, the Predadon shows up and is attacking them. Right. And during the during the melee, it grabs uh, Luana and starts carrying her off. Now we see now the Predadon is a pterodactyl. I mean, that's really what it is. It has the long uh, beak and it has yeah. the long part in the back of its head. That is now carrying her off to his nest or her nest, I should say, excuse me, to drop her in to be, you know, fed to the bees. It's very much what we saw with the rock in uh, in Seven Seven Boys of Sinbad when he takes. Uh, you know, and he drops Sinbad in there. Now, the thing is, they've already killed the baby, and in, in, they've killed and eaten the yeah. baby, in, uh, and that's why the mother attacks in, uh, in Seven Boys of Sinbad. So, right, so they, they go over the sea and whatever, and right then, that's when the, uh, the Ramaphalinus, it's, it's a lot a, of consonants in a, a row. It's another dinosaur bird. Right, it's, but it's the dinosaur bird that looks like the Velociraptor. Velociraptor. It has a roundish head, it's very, and it, and it, it clearly has, I mean, it has teeth. It has real teeth kind of in there to be like it's it's kind of going. So they start fighting. So you have two pterosaurs in the air. In the air. Right. 
Now, you can see in the scenes when they show Raquel Welch in a close-up that she's inside, like, uh, hand. a mechanical hand thing. Like, kind of like in King Kong and stuff like that, right? But when she, obviously she's animated, uh, stop-motion animated when she's in the claws. But you have two flying objects. Now, Harryhausen would definitely use a flying brace here behind each one of them to give them... Because they don't zoom around and fly. It's not like CGI world where they'd be, like, up and down and around. But you definitely have to have some wire work, which is on the Blu-ray. There's, you, you can't see any wires. You can't see the brace. You can't see where the solid mass is in the middle of them. They look great. Yeah. What you can tell about the, uh, the difference between his way of animating and CGI, like you just said, in CGI, the birds, or the, the dinosaurs would go in all different directions. If you watch the, this scene, they're basically going up and down. Yes. They're basically going up and down. Right. But that's not something that catches your eye. What's catching your eye is that the, the aggressor dinosaur bird is, uh, is, is, you know, reaping, reaping right. hell with the, right. with the other you're one. Biting them and everything. And the key is, is that your, your eye reads this as true. It doesn't read it as fake. It doesn't look like it's, you know, it doesn't look like birdemic where they're like pictures of birds and someone's moving them up and down. Mm. It looks realistic mm. to your eye. Um, and then that's when, so during the battle, of course, um, you know, Luana is now dropped into the ocean. Um, and then the, uh, the, the the uh, however you say that thing the one that the one that's the aggressor kills the other one right and then goes back to the nest and, and eats, eats the babies I mean, not not just it's a couple not, of gobbles it's not just the uh, you know flying back and you 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 take it in your mind he's going to eat that he actually goes down and starts pecking and he's ripping apart with. right Tumac is finally caught up and he sees in the nest this this uh, you know this this pterodactyl eating something and he thinks the one is dead now the one at this point has staggered out of the water because she's hurt and she's laying right behind the hill now if you want to kind of say like Ugh, okay tumac never at once says one anything he's just like oh she's dead and he gets depressed and he kind of walks off but it's like it's just kind of funny it's like he doesn't say anything because if he said something she would have been like i'm over here you know kind of thing right um which it, it, again, I, I know it makes sense in what they're trying to tell story-wise because they want they want Tumac to now be vulnerable because he has to get overthrown. But like, it's just still at the same time you're like he's she's literally like three feet from him. Right. yeah, like it, she's right beyond the edge of the hill. It's not like she's miles away. Like she's literally on the other side of the sand dune. So um, Sakana is then able to take a group of uh, like the Safalo hunters. And revolts against Akuba, and then revolt, and then obviously uh, against Tumac. Um, so what happens is Luana now sees this, and she knows it's a problem. So she now, again, how she gets back to the Shell Tribe as quick as she does, like, see, now this is when the top of like, how do we get places that quickly? She gets back to the Shell Tribe, convinces them to come help Tumac. So they lead their party of quote unquote warriors, which is just you know the the guys, right? Been better off bringing the girls a bit because they right. probably kill more things, and they go back and they help Tumac. So now Tumac is leading um, one of uh, his one of the rock people and all of the shell people in a fight against uh, in his brother. Yeah, right? it's the jets versus the sharks. Right, exactly. So you're thinking like, well, here comes this fight, and people are getting stabbed and whatever, but nothing, nothing in this movie is exactly what you think it's going to be. So the volcano erupts, right? And now the volcano erupts, and now everyone is falling off the side with Wilhelm screams. Uh, you know, like, ah, you know, kind of thing, whatever. Uh, and that's really what happened. So now, mm -hmm. the, the as the battle's going on, because uh, Tumac and, uh, you know, and 
he's trying not to die, and like everyone else is trying not to die, but he's also still fighting his brother, uh, Sakana. So the after the volcano swallows up people in the lava and the whole nine, um, the movie goes to black and white. Well, well it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it goes to a more black and white hue yeah. to show that they're yeah. all covered in ash. Yeah, it's not sepia. It's definitely no. It's, it's it's black and white, but it's but it's not. But it's not just straight pure black and white. Um, it still technically has color in it, uh, but it shows that they're all covered in ash. So now that the volcano has finished killing people, the two tribes that are whatever's left of these two tribes have become two max tribe, and, they and they're all the same color. They're walking off, and they the walk off um, to try to find a new home. Uh, you know, yeah, whatever. They, and that's and to be perfectly honest. The, when you watch this movie, if it wasn't for the Harryhausen scenes, yeah, uh, it would. This is one of the most boring movies. The the uh, there's too many scenes of just walking through the through the yeah. the, 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 the the wilderness, and the last the, the the last scene that was even even remotely um, interesting to watch was was the um, the raptor that that starts eating the babies. Once that scene ends, the rest of the movie is pure. Let's just find a way to end this thing. Now go back to the 1940 movie, and this is this is what I did. I went, but the 1940 movie doesn't end. On a whimper, it ends on a on a on a strong note because the volcano, when it when it happens, is it literally chews up the ground, causes fissures to, to happen, and the dinosaurs that uh, that are around run and they fall into the pits yeah. of the, and it's it's really thrilling, and I to be perfectly honest, if I had other than Harryhausen's dinosaurs. I prefer the 1940 movie over this. Right. Even the opening scene is much better than the the narrator the narration that you read, because it's it's written on. I mean, it just comes up on the screen. Right, but they, with, again, with they're not. It's not a, it's not a shot for shot remake. No, 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 no. But but it's basically the same, same story. story. Yeah. And for this, and yeah, you're you're stuck with with uh, with iguanas and uh, and lizards and mm-hmm. what have you. But the I think for sure it's not exactly the greatest thespian of all time. His Tumac is much better than Richardson's Tumac. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the name of the, the woman was who played Luana, but the scenes, the scenes that they, that they have together are, uh, I find, I, I found them better. As a matter of fact, the scene where the, uh, where the, the, I will use it, the rock people get to eat. Yeah. Was it just watch that. The music rises to the, to the point of, Almost, almost like fanfare when they when they they attack the uh, the animal, and that was another thing. Nashiembe's score here, it may work in certain spots here, you know, for short clips like maybe yeah, five seconds. But when it when it's on for as background when they're walking, it gets so annoying. You almost it's almost like you, when you you scrape your nails on a, on a chalkboard. Yeah. So uh, when this movie came out, uh, the critical response was overall. Um, Exactly, we just said people had said, okay, well, you know, they were Kel Welsh looked really good, the yeah. dinosaurs looked really good, but it wasn't much there. Um, it was actually censored in the U.S. by nine minutes. The movie was cut down by nine minutes. So some of those minutes were the walking, yeah, and some of them I think were the trims on. I think the scene where the dinosaurs like uh, eating the other babies. It's got to be because it's all trims. I mean, it's not. not it was not. It's a lot of not, walking though. Definitely not for nudity. No, but no. the. I mean, the, the trims got it down to ninety minutes. Yeah, and on a double feature. Uh, at the at the at the box office, yeah. uh, you didn't want two pictures to be an hour, yeah, exactly. you know, almost two hours a yeah. piece. So 
in the U.S., it made $2.5 million just in the first year of release. Um, and then it wound up evening. Uh, so uh, the film earned two and a half, almost two and a quarter million in rentals to break even and made uh, just under four and a half million to make it a solid profit. Um, it actually was featured in 1968 as a re-release with the movie She. Now, She stars yeah. Ursula Andress, who, of course, we know is coming off of Dr. No and considered to be, uh, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And it's a very easy sell on the poster because the poster for She features Ursula Andress. Yeah. And, and, I mean, she's wearing a Roman tunic and stuff, but it's it's cut in certain ways. Yeah. So you can see uh, that's Ursula Andress under there. And, of course, the fur bikini on Raquel Welch. I mean, the one thing Hammer knew how to do, they knew it wasn't it wasn't always that their steak tasted the best, but they <laughs> sold you on the sizzle. Oh, my God, they sold you the sizzle, right? Because the thing is, let's be honest here. If, if you watch, if you go back and watch some Hammer movies, there are some Hammer movies that are outstanding. Horror Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein, The Mummy. I mean, they're outstanding movies. But there are some movies where you're like, man, that movie's not so great, but it's got a lot of sizzle. Like, you look at the trailer, you're like, man, that, that gotta creature go. looks good. Gotta go. I got to go see this. I want to see that guy rip that guy's brain out of his skull. I, wanna, I mean, some of the Frankenstein movies are lesser than some of the other Frankenstein movies. And some of the Dracula movies, good gravy, are worse than others. I'm thinking satanic rites compared to, like, you know, even what even Dracula 1972 AD. Um, but what happens is they sold you on the sizzle. It's all about that. Like, they used to be called sizzle reels. That's what trailer reels are, right? Yep. They used to call it because they want you to be like, oh, this looks exciting. And you want to go see it. And in this movie, when you show a trailer of this, here's Raquel Welch. You know, they said she's the, you know, the the star of this or any other era, right? Yo, she comes running up the beach wearing a bikini. Okay. Well, that's what think about in Doctor No. They show you Ursula Andress in the in the in the bikini, the bikini coming, coming out, out of the water. water, and that sold a lot of people, including uh, you know, to go see the movie because wow. the Catholic Church said, don't go see this movie because well, it's banned. Nothing. Well, the thing with that with that movie was. Uh, President Kennedy was a big fan of uh, of the, uh, the James Bond uh, the James books, Bond yeah, books, yeah. and so when they when they finally put one out, remember, no, Sean Connery at that point was really just a, a B actor, yeah. and that he got the part, oh, because two or three other of the, and I'm trying to think of who some of the big ones were, they turned it down, right, and obviously Raquel Welch coming in, coming across into the it was pretty no. much probably the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh, it, I mean, they help, that helped sell it. And then, obviously, the Bond movies, are, what are they now, 28, 29? Yeah, well, the Bond and, movies became their own thing. Yeah, what thing. I'm saying is, but like to have an actress who is young. Right, it'd be a Bond girl. Bond could be a Bond girl became a thing. I mean, Raquel Welch, uh, you know, here, you know, she's super famous for this. I mean, again, a lot of people know, obviously, the poster for this movie from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the other thing is the 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 tr- Triceratops and the uh, uh, source were reused in Valley of Gwangi. So not the exact same thing. Harryhausen took it. There's no point in doing it. He did Gwangi next. That's the next movie he does, where he has the Allosaurus fighting the Styracosaurus. Yeah. Um, and then um, Hammer would go on to make Women, which is not really a dinosaur movie, but it's got dinosaurs, but not really dinosaurs. But then they're more known for when dinosaurs ruled the Earth, which is, uh, is it, I think it's I think it's Dan. Yeah, Jim Danforth. Right. Right. Um, and that movie has and a Victor- lot. Victoria Vetri. Yeah. So Victoria Vetri. Right. They were like, hey, you know, remember Raquel Welch? Let's make her even a step up. Like, again, if, if that's what if that's what cave women look like, we are going the wrong direction, gentlemen. So um, but that movie, of course, had some controversy for the, the scenes that had to be cut. There's the implied rape. Right. There's the different stuff in there. Um, there's plenty of nudity. There's, there's more. Well, there's no, not a lot of nudity. No, there's there's, there's some, 
compared to that. And it's just the movie, the, the stop motion in the movie is not Harryhausen uh, level, but it's actually so much superior than a lot of other stuff he would have seen. Yeah, and I mean, they had dino, they had a couple of dinosaurs that uh, Harryhausen had, had not done. Yeah, I mean, up to that time, uh, they, there's, they they actually had the I, I guess you would call it a plesiosaur or whatever it is on land. Uh, at, at the end of the movie, that it, well, at the beginning it's, it attacks and then comes back. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's on land and it's got the flippers, and but that was that's well done. Yeah, but the one thing Danford, because Danford also did Jack the Giant Killer. Yes, and and the stop motion there is is okay, but the whoever was whoever was molding the, yeah, the, the creatures, creatures don't look as good. The creatures look pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but and, a dinosaur is a little easier because you have like yeah. you know what you're kind of making it look like, and of course some of the stock footage from the landslide uh, we know. Uh, was reused again in Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange in part of Alex Daydream, but that's a stock footage and stock footage. So, right. Um, you know, the, the thing is, this movie has a reputation um, for, obviously, you know, Raquel Welch in the bikini and the, and the stop motion, but this is certainly not one of Harryhausen's best, uh, you know, um, uh, I wouldn't say the movie itself is one of his best movies, even though I think it features some of his best work. Yeah. It's not Harryhausen's fault that this movie's not nearly as good as 20 Million Miles to Earth, uh, you know, uh, the Jason the Organauts, Beast Run Eight and Fathoms, uh, you know, and, and any, any of the Sinbad movies. You yeah, know what I mean, I'm saying? The tough part here is that it, well, because it's, it's not his movie. Yeah, but again, even if it's not his movie, there's no, it, there's no writers. You really, right, that's what I'm saying. But it's you're not just his implying movie. the story. Yeah. To go from scene to scene to scene, but there's no empathy. For, for some of these right, people. but that's hard to write. I'm saying, but it's yeah, hard because because right. there's no dialogue, there's no yeah. nothing to happen here. So I think this movie gets remembered for the sizzle, right? right. Instead of the steak. Right. And when you watch like when you when you, when you watch a trailer for any of the, like you watch Seven Points of Sinbad trailer, I mean it's, it looks thrilling. And you watch the movie, you're like, oh my god, it's so much it's better than even the trailer. Or Jason and the Argonauts, perfect yeah. example, because literally Jason and the Argonauts has some of the most insane air brace work and insane. Uh, you know, just the Hydra alone having to animate the tails, the heads, the what like, it's just crazy to think what he did. So um, again, and, and, and I don't mean to kind of bash, you know, that it's not good, but again, it's not as good as, and when you're not as good as others, you know, you kind of get put in the same place. Right. But if you're a Harryhausen fan, yeah. uh, this has got to be part of your collection. Yeah. And the Kino LaBear Blu-ray release that came out uh, within the last year or so is phenomenal. It has both the U S cut, which I don't know why you want to watch it, but you can, and it has the international cut at 100 minutes. Um, the both are pristine. There's no. They're not going to look any better. There's never going to look better than that. And in, the nice part is with them is that this is now available. Uh, you know, pretty much you know across the across everywhere. Harryhausen movies sometimes come in these packs from, uh, especially in England stuff, which are all region. Uh, you know, they have PAL and they have NCT NCT NSCT. Um, the thing is when you have those. Uh, some of those releases, like so, that like Seven Voyages of Sinbad and like Jason Yorgans, whatever, they're all the same releases, whether they're from Colombia or they're from overseas. This was Kino Lobert going in and digitally cleaning it all up and doing the best it could look. Uh, and the one thing I can say about Kino Lobert stuff, as we were talking about, like bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia and stuff like yeah, that, they, right? right? They do a they, great job of cleaning yeah, up. They're almost like Janus was. Right, right. Well, that's basically what they're doing. Janus or they're like Arrow or they're like, you know, kind of Criterion. Like they're doing yeah. the yeoman's work. They can't make the movie physically any better, but they can make it look as good as it possibly can look. So, all right, folks. So that about does it for one million years BC. Um, so that's our July episode, and uh, our we have always a second episode in July. And our second episode in July is going to be episode number three. And episode number three of the Dark Room is ones we've been telling you about that if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it before we talk about it. 
Ep- uh, the Dark Room, of course, as of this recording, is still not available on Peacock. No idea why, but it, hopefully it will be. But you and um, NBC Universal, so Universal.com, right. you can watch it online for free. Again, uh, Universal has its own app. You can watch it there for free. It, if you haven't watched one and two yet, it's fine. You don't need to watch episode number three, and you'll understand when we talk about it come the end of this month. You'll understand why we're hyping this up. So. That's where we're going to go for the uh, the dark. That's the next uh, up next time you hear Dad and I together talking. So I think we're good here, Dad, right? Yes, we are. Okay. So, folks, like we say, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you please check out Earth Destruction Directive at 2TrueFreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?